Hi, I want to welcome you to my podcast. My name is Corey Woods, and you are listening to Be a Woman and Not a Weak Ass Bitch. And on this podcast, we are going to talk about how women are powerful and incredible beings. And it's time to seriously kick some stereotypes, expectations, conditioning, and limitations to the curb. On this show, we are going to be diving deep into the discussions that celebrate female strength, resilience, and the fierce determination that has been a driving force throughout history. We will tackle tough topics and share inspiring stories. And I want to be able to provide you with tools and mindset shifts that you need in order to embrace your inner warrior. Thank you for joining. Hi, and welcome to my podcast. This is Corey Woods, and I am so glad you are here. It has been a minute. And as much as I want to blame the new moon and I want to (laughs) blame the eclipse portal and everything in between that's happening outside of me, sisters and brothers, I have just been in it. I have been doing some deep work and going inward and looking at all the things and ready to make some massive changes in my life. And today, you know, all of this was inspired around the topic that I want to speak to you about today, which is starting your life coaching business and growing it because this is very near and dear to my heart. And I remember when I started my life coaching business, I knew that it was a calling from God deep in my soul that this is how I wanted to make money. This is how I wanted to provide for my family. And I had experienced life coaching and I saw the transformation that took place when I was going through therapy after I had my fifth child and I was experiencing tons of postpartum and I just needed help. And I remember sitting in therapy, I think I was 37 years old, excuse me. And the therapist told me, Corey, did you know that your thoughts create your feelings? (laughs) You guys, I was 37 years old when something hit me like it never hit me before. I swear, we grow up with a brain, the most powerful thing we have in our body, right? And no one teaches us how to use it. No one teaches us the different parts of it. No one teaches us about how these different parts work and how they play a part in the, what is it? The lens that we see the world that we live in. And I remember after she said that, it completely transformed me. And I did a ton of, I jumped right into the world of mindset work. And I started getting like anything I can get a hold of that taught me how the brain worked, that improved my mindset. I mean, I went to a Tony Robbins event. I started investing in myself and in my own um, personal growth for the first time in my entire life. And it was fantastic. I had a very, very unique start to my business, which I think I've shared a little bit before, but I do know the reason why I'm here is because I want to talk about the two parts of growing a life coaching business. One is the skill set of what a life coach does and how to develop those skills. I might not go really deep into how to develop them, but I want to touch on the skill set and what is required or what I have learned that has become a gift to me to learn certain skill sets. And then two, I want to talk a little bit about the back end of a life coaching business and what I have learned from it because I can coach all day. Turns out I can coach all day is my absolute favorite thing in the world, 
But let me tell you, the back end of a business and growing a business, I have no idea. Sometimes I don't even have any idea where to start and I get really, really lost. I am not a numbers person. I rarely track things. I don't know. This this part of entrepreneurship is probably the hardest part for me in my life coaching business. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about what that means in just a minute. But I know that there are a lot of – let me – how do I say this? Okay. In the life coaching world, women are dominating the industry, period. It is an insane industry to get in right now. I have noticed that the male life coaches, they are the ones who are getting paid the most though. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed it, but when I get to know male life coaches versus female life coaches, there is a huge pay discrepancy and I've been kind of spending time with that and why that is. But there are more female coaches than there are men coaches. And a lot of times, for whatever reason why this is, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. But my experience is that I just knew that when I started life coaching, it's because I wanted to help people. And my main belief in growing my business was that I want to help people and that other people want my help. And that was the mindset that I went headfirst into figuring it out and growing it out, growing my business out. And at the time of my life – when I was married, at the time I started my business, I actually grew my business in a car. And my ex-husband and I, we had just filed for divorce. Our marriage started declining. We were in just horrendous circumstances and we were homeschooling our kids. And my third child was having some major health problems. I can go on and on and on. And it didn't seem like the most ideal time because (laughs) Steve Chandler, for this very reason, Steve Chandler said, if you need money, don't become a life coach. And I didn't want to believe him. I, in fact, I have a very rebel tendency. It just runs in my blood very, very deep that if someone says I can't do something, I tend to want to prove them wrong or do it anyways, just to say I could. <laughs> Maybe it's an ego thing. I have no idea. But I started my business not having any way to provide for my family. And my ex-husband at the time, he wasn't working and he didn't want to work. And we were living with my mother-in-law. So we had shelter. We had a friend that gave us a car, which I was eternally grateful for. So we had these basic things that were being met. So I just said, screw it. I'm going to grow my business. My kids have a house over their head. We have a car to drive. We have food on the table. I'm going to go all in on this. And I called my dad. I borrowed $5,000 and I hired my very first business coach. And at that time... Everything else that was going on in my life, was it was very hard to be coached around how to grow a business because of the amount of challenging circumstances that I was in. And I had a lot of self-doubt. I didn't know how to build a client base. I, I never marketed myself. And so what I decided to do and what was taught like to me in order to grow a business, I just did very, very simple steps is... I started sharing my story. I started being vulnerable about the things I was experiencing, all the things that I was learning. I went out and met as many people as I can. I got really, really good at explaining to people what I do because I remember when when people asked me, what do you do? Well, I'm a life coach. Well, what do you do? And I didn't know what to say to them. I was a general life coach at the time when I started. Of course, I didn't have a niche and I actually don't think life coaches need niches. That kind of goes against what is being taught mostly by business coaches, but I didn't know what to tell people. But what I did know is that I didn't like how I felt 
when I introduced myself as a life coach. So my very first thing was just getting really, really comfortable in being me and being and telling people what I do. And every networking event that I went to, I said something different <laughs> and I practiced, I would write it out. I would practice. Most of the time I would say what I written, what I had written out on paper, but a lot of times it was on the fly. And I just practiced telling people what I did. And then I also just invited people to come work with me and not from a weird place. I, I wanted to make sure that if I was going to invite people to work with me, that it wasn't going to be weird. I didn't want to be that, that weird person that was trying to sell life coaching. I just decided that I use social media a lot to invite people to come work with me or to get on a consultation with me. And so that's kind of how I started and that was my step process. And that first year I started in July of 2019, that first year I made $25,000 in my life coaching business and I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. And what I want to share with you a little bit is just kind of what I learned from these last four years of being able to make money as a life coach and provide for my family. And that one of the biggest and most important like keys to growing a life coaching business is that you need resilience and you need commitment because your clients and your circumstances, and they're, they're all going to be very challenging and you have to learn to be able to navigate them and what I decided to do to develop like resilience and commitment is a, I developed a self-help practice very early on in my, uh, just in my situation where I addressed my mental, my emotional, my spiritual, and my physical health. Every morning before my kids got up, I had a self-help routine and that sustained me on every level so that when I was facing all the challenges in my business, I was already taken care of. I knew how to take care of me, which gave me more confidence to be able to help my clients and completely take care of them. So a lot of times life coaches, you're going to encounter clients with deep seated issues and traumas, and that's an emotional toll. And early on, one of the skill sets that I learned as a life coach was that you had to be able to hold the space for people. That's a term that we use in the industries that you have to hold space for your clients, meaning you're watching them and you're experiencing, like you're sitting kind of with them in whatever session, whether you do it online or in person, but you're, you understand like that the experience that they are having is theirs to have and it's not yours. And sometimes that requires silence. Sometimes that requires questions or emotional processing. And it's basically a skill set that you need to learn so that you are not jumping in the water with people in the deep end of the water with your clients man, that holding the space is something that I'm still practicing. I just want to say, even though I'm really, really good at holding the space, if there is something in my life that is triggering that I'm currently like working on or healing from, and someone comes to me with that exact same problem, sometimes I jump in the water with them and my clients will never know. I'm pretty good at putting things to the side when I notice that I'm about to jump in the water and I try to, I, I will often like redirect myself but it still happens. So it is a practice of holding space. And I will tell you that the number one thing that has allowed me to learn to hold the space for my clients is I learned to hold the space for myself. 
I have done so much deep emotional processing. I have done so much mindset work and trauma work, resilience work. I have done it all and I am not going to stop. I am barely getting started. I am committed at this point. I keep hearing in the back of my mind is I want an incredible life. I want this most incredible life I could have. And I'm in such a good place that I, my body's starting to resonate with that and it feels true. I am I am seeking love. I love all the humans. Okay. Now, here I go. I'm getting off on the subject. <laughs> I want to come back to the skill of holding space. But I'll tell you, part of life coaching and part of growing your business is growing yourself and getting to know you and kind of coming home to you and addressing your own issues. When that happens, it allows you to hold the space for other people who have experienced something that you've already gone through. Now, I don't think you need to experience everything that your clients go through in order to help them, but it creates empathy and compassion so that you can understand that they're having an experience that belongs to them and it has nothing to do with you. So if you're struggling and if you're worried about what your clients are thinking about you, or perhaps you're wondering what to say next, that's a skill set too where you have to learn to not make the life coaching session about you. And if you're having those type of experiences, guess what? You're human and it's not a big deal, but you have to learn to practice to put your own issues aside and how to make your sessions about your clients. You will be learning this the rest of your career. So life coaching is a long-term game. I want, I cannot scream through, what is it? Through the hills enough. It's a long-term game. And so there's a lot of demands in coaching and business growth. And, and sometimes you have to be aware that the burnout can be real. So that's another reason why I say you have to be willing to hold the space for yourself and be able to take care of yourself first so that you can, it's not just so that you can do that for other people, but you are just as important in the exchange that you're having with your clients, you are just as important. And when you're burnt out and you don't know how to take care of yourself, it harms you, right? And it impacts the quality of support that you can provide. And so a lot of life coaches, okay, I want to back up really quick. Let's see, was it 2020 and 2021 um, I had decided to niche down? I felt deep in my bones that I was supposed to be a money coach and help life coaches make money in their business. And I didn't set out to do that. The, it kind of came to me. <laughs> Niches will do that with some people. But the niche came to me when I had 18 one-on-one clients. All of them were life coaches and all of them wanted to make money. And it took me that caseload. I was totally burned out. I will never have 18 one-on-one coaching clients again. But that's, you know, lesson learned. I realized, I said, oh, wow, I help life coaches make money. And uh, that was really incredible to see. But what I didn't realize and didn't see was coming that as I helped life coaches make money and I was doing all these things and I was taking on more clients, I got to a point like I hit burnout. I hit burnout because I was growing my business very fast. I was creating clients. I was making a lot of money. Everything that I knew about myself was became in question when I made my first multiple six-figure year. And a lot of life coaches worry about like this imposter syndrome. And I'm saying, of course, of course, because you have to look at yourself and your belief system about you. When you grow a life coaching business, you will never be able to outgrow who you think you are ever. 
And so the imposter syndrome kicks in when you hit the points in your business. And for me, I had never made multiple six figures in a year ever in my entire life. I don't even think I made that total in my entire life because I was I, before my business, I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And before that, I swear I was that like hippie girl that lived barefoot on the beach and and <laughs> just lived in her car sometimes. I just didn't care about money. I just kind of went with the wind. And when I got married and had kids, all of that changed. And so I, I just wasn't used to make money. And I had a huge, huge awakening to imposter syndrome. And I just struggled for months and months and months because I couldn't get on the other side of that imposter syndrome. Syndrome. I was afraid that I was never going to be able to make the money back again. I was never going to be able to repeat this year. Oh my gosh, this is it. I've hit. I've done everything that I can. I, there's nothing else I can do. I mean, you name it, I thought it about myself. And it actually took me to a really dark place for a minute. And I had life coaches who were successful, you know, in the way that I was at the time, tell me that that's very common. Every stage of growth you hit, one way or another, the the self-talk and the imposter syndrome will try to kick in and it's just your ego and just to be aware of it. So that was my first time I had to encounter it and move through it because I had no idea what that was going to look like for me and it was hell. And so I started having to go deeper on myself and deeper on the work because imposter syndrome is just like a shadow and it's a sign of personal growth. But I didn't have the mindset at the time to think of it in that way. I, I thought it was I was never going to get better. I was never going to get through it. I didn't have the mindset to look at it. You know, you can only go up from here. This is your own personal rock bottom. And the fun thing about rock bottoms is you get to decide what they are and where they start. And I didn't know that either. So I was learning a different level of mindset. And some of you might have heard the quote before, new level, same devil. (laughs) I have gone through that many a times in my business. And it's so true. Every level and every stage of growth, you're hit new level, same devil with the things that you fear the most. Again, just over it's just overarching thing of imposter uh, syndromes. But I hope this isn't kind of going in a negative or a downward way because I I want to give you some hope that there's so much beauty in growing a life coaching business. Um, there are r- incredible rewards and they are profound. Some of the rewards, like my favorite all-time awards, is that I got to witness my clients' transformations. And I got to know that I played a part in their growth, and that was so immensely satisfying for me. Not because I did the work for them, not because I had the answers, but learning and seeing and watching my clients essentially come home to themselves, really connect with who they are, really heal the relationships that mattered the most. And it's been a beautiful thing. And when I think about the transformations that my clients go through, that's actually what gets me up a lot in the morning. It is one of my favorite things just to be a witness. I not only get to witness the hardest things that they're going through and immense amount of grief. I remember I had a girl hire me to grow her business. And during the time of her business growth, she lost a baby. That was my very first experience where I had to help someone actually navigate their grief. And that was very, very challenging. I had to get a lot of coaching around it so I could hold the space for her. So I didn't jump in the water with her. But guess what? 
I cried with her on every session we talked about that baby because I loved her. But that didn't make me less of a coach. That didn't mean I was swimming in her grief. It just, we're human. We're going to have those moments. And so when you're growing a a business and when you're especially in the service, I call it, I'm in the service of humanity. I'm in the service of humans. In fact, every person that's in front of me, that's who I serve. That's my motto and that's what I live by. And it's been one of the values and foundations of my business is that service first, I serve the humans. And so for me to actually live in that value system, I had to do the work that required me to be service. And what I mean by that is I had to look at where I was attached to money. I had to look at where I was attached to my clients' results. I had to look at any part of my business that I was attached to, attached to their thinking, attached to you know hitting this goal and making this amount of money and this and that and this and that. If I had any form of a like a energetic attachment, I made sure I did the work around me. And that's what creates the space where for my clients to be able to grow in the way that they want to. I had to unattach myself from thinking that I know what's best for them. Even if I got intuition, even if I got answers that they weren't receiving, sometimes I had to learn to keep that to myself because not everyone is ready to hear what you have to say. Simultaneously, you have to learn the skill set of saying the things that they don't want to hear, that they might not have words for. It's like saying the hard truth. And it's one of the things that I teach my clients that when you're on a consultation, when you're willing to say the hard thing and when you're ready to risk the relationship, you're doing something right. And I don't mean risk the relationship in a a sense where you can't, um, where you're doing damage to the relationship. But it's essentially you're standing for the highest expression and of who your client is. Risking the relationship is a is a tricky topic, and I actually should do a, a podcast on that. So in conclusion, well, I have a few more thoughts. Maybe this is not a full conclusion. But when you're growing a life coaching business, it is just it's not for the faint of heart. It's a journey filled with so much personal growth. And you have the opportunity to make such a positive impact. Um, It's embracing the challenges and celebrating the rewards. And when I decided to become a life coach, I remember thinking that I wanted to live in the belief system that I taught others. So I, because I believe that, um, excuse me, I believe that I'm a master student and all those that I come in contact with are my greatest teachers. And I really wanted to live in that belief. So I did, I would never ask my clients to do something that I wasn't willing to do for myself. And, um, that felt like I was in the integrity of me when operating a business and running my business and my life coaching business in that way. So, To all those who are wanting to aspire and practice and become a life coach, I want you to remember that first, the resilience and commitment, that's what's going to propel you forward. When you're willing to do hard things, when you're willing to face your fears, when you're willing to put yourself out there and trust that you can make money being you, that's like the most beautiful thing in the world. I think of impact all the time because one of my beliefs 
as well is that I am here for impact for generations to come, healing generations before, healing generations after. I believe in that kind of work. And for example, if I can help a woman heal from her traumas and whatever she experienced in her past and it allows her to become the mother that she wants to be to her children, that's creating impact. That's a ripple. That's like the ripple effect. That's what I think of coaching is when your clients get that one insight and they tra- and they they see it, they feel it, they embody it, it transforms how they see the world, it transforms their relationship, it transforms how they uh, what is it? How they respond to their everyday circumstances. That's the ripple effect that I am interested in and I feel like what I'm doing, I want to create ripples and ripples and ripples and so I'm here for impact, like I said, for generations to come. And right now, what I'm doing, and I kind of want to end on this note, is I've been a coach for four years and I've spent well over $100,000 in investing in myself and investing in my the growth of my business. And that's probably, a, probably been my biggest and best strategy is that I invested in me. And everything that I learned in the last four years, what I'm doing now is I created a group where I'm helping brand new life coaches grow their life coaching business at a fraction of the cost that I paid. And I'm doing this because there are so many coaches out there that might not have the resources, but they're feeling that call. They know like that internal knowingness that life coaching is their path and it's the kind of business they want to start and they want to help people. And so if this is you, I invite you to reach out to me. Just email me at Corey, C-O-R-R-I-E. So Corey at CoreyWoodsCoaching.com and we can set up a consultation for you. But we start November 16th, 2023, and it's a year-long program. I am going to teach you everything that you need to know to start your life coaching business and you're going to get business coaching on top of that. We talk about marketing and sales. We do the inner work. We create... Uh, statements about who you are. We look at your identity. We look at the clients that you serve. We look at your techniques and your consultation process and your onboarding process. We look at it all. Everything that I've learned in growing a life coaching business, I want to give to you. So if you're interested in one of these spots, I have four spots already filled and this is a maximum of 10. Okay. On that note, this is where we end. And I hope that you have a great day. Bye.